Welcome to Transcendent Tracks, a podcast that connects you with stories about music's powerful ability to impact our lives. I'm Danya, your host and lifelong music lover. I talk with musicians, music scholars, music writers, and especially music fans to explore the tracks that have inspired and influenced them most. In her words, musician Bridget Boyle was fortunate to discover her inner voice at an early age. Finding and following that voice led to her natural gift for songwriting that she's been honing since the age of 12. As the daughter of two music industry professionals, Bridget had the invaluable experience of working alongside her parents to see both the business and the creative sides of the music world. She's been immersed in this world ever since, which today takes the form of a solo artist, member of multiple vocal ensembles, record label founder, and vocal coach. Her second full-length album, Heartbreak Residue, will be released in April, and her first single from the album is out today. She was kind enough to share the track with me, so here's a bit of that first single called Crimes and Misdemeanors. start with how did you become a musician? I grew up in a musical household. My mother, uh, Karen Tobin, is a songwriter and singer. And my father was a recording engineer who worked in mostly in film and television for the bulk of his career. Um, so yeah, I, I started when I was really young. I started singing from a young age. And then by the time I was seven, I was, you know, backing my mom up on stage and singing harmony for her. And then when I was a teenager, I got the opportunity to work with my dad in the studios in Los Angeles. So, um, and that's, you know, that started the journey. I fell in love with music and, you know, (laughs) almost 40 years later, here I am. (laughs) So tell me about your experiences as a, as a teen, you mentioned that you were backing her up on stage at, at seven and you were working with them in your childhood. But when you got into your teenage years, what were some of your experience working alongside your parents? Um, let's see, when I was about 14 years old, my father was, his name is Tim Boyle, and he was the audio engineer at Paramount Pictures and invited me to become his second engineer 
don't tell Paramount. (laughs) Um, (laughs) A lot of what I was doing was it was like an internship kind of. And I spent the summer working on some some films. I worked on a film called Starship Troopers and something called Money Talks. I worked on Animaniacs um, and a a film called The Story of Us. And um, basically... It was just a way for me to get my feet wet in in the industry and kind of learn how the technical side of things happen. So I would, you know, work with the patch bay. For anybody who doesn't know what that is, it sends the signal from one place to another. And I would make sure to take notes on everything and, you know, kind of do the, the, the things that a second engineer does. And so that was an incredible opportunity. And at that point, I wasn't so much working with my mom. Like, we would sometimes sing together or she'd have me record a vocal thing on one of her songs or something but her her career was mainly um taking off in the club like she was touring and stuff and also doing studio work and she worked as a studio manager as well so I got to kind of see what that was like and uh I'd say that the thing that actually solidified my musical experience and my musical uh language was I was I was taking guitar lessons with an incredible guitar teacher in LA and um, and he had an ensemble that kind of worked on rock and roll and different kinds of music and so we would take the lessons and then do these ensemble classes it was called join the band with John Mazenko it was really cool it's still actually happening I think he's turned it into a school but that um, because of uh, the the access my folks had to recording and studio life um, we had our studio in my backyard basically um, it was like this you know, it's still there. It's, it was, it's just like this uh, structure and inside you can rehearse and record and do all these things. And so joining the band happened at my house. So it was this really, um, you know, it was a very integrated experience of, of learning to not only play my own music and learning to play with my, you know, and learning from my parents, but then also integrating it into a social experience um, in high school. Yeah, that's sounds like a really good experience. And it sounds also like that you got that um, good mix between the really creative side, but working with them, you got a little business perspective. And so it's like it set you up really well for your future career, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, it was definitely interesting to uh, like my mom, you know, she had a record deal with Atlantic Records. So I really got to see what that was like. And um, unfortunately, uh, it didn't work out. Uh, the way we all hoped it might. Um, And I know that was a really painful time for her. Um, But, you know, what was interesting is that I saw the, like, thread of passion and love for music not go away, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think that's something that um, I learned from both of my parents was, like, no matter how hard it got or no matter how the industry ended up treating you, like, the the essence of what's important about music has not gone away, you know, and to this day, it's just like my mom, she's still singing and still making music and writing songs. And, you know, it's just, it goes to show that um, it's bigger than the industry. But I also feel really grateful that I had an inside view into, but it was really like, I, I got both sides. I got the Hollywood view and the and the the music industry which i actually see as two very different worlds oh right you know they intertwine a lot so i got to kind of see both of that um for for the good and bad (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah so talk a a little bit if you would about what music has made an impact on you artistically cool yeah that's a great question um 
And it's kind of a big answer because as maybe your listeners will see, I have a wide array of things that I enjoy doing and have done professionally. And so um, I think the, the, the core of my heart, it lies in, in the art of songwriting and in the art of truth telling through music. And the way that's played itself out for me is um, my early days were influenced by like Alanis Morissette and Sarah McLachlan and Ani DeFranco and these powerful women who came out of and came to the top of an industry that otherwise would have them kind of sitting in the back. And really, I mean, especially Ani DeFranco, for instance, she, she totally changed the face of independent music. And I was in love with her from the time I was like 13 years old. So that was my, that was like a big framework for me of like how we can exist in this musical world. And then when I got into college, um, I started to learn about music from other cultures and I fell in love with Eastern European folk music. And it was really the sound of it and the harmonies and, um, and also this, sense of honesty and authenticity in the music that I just, I, I, I don't know, it stole my heart. <laughs> and, um, and luckily I was given, I was in a community that was uh, able to give me resources to follow that path and to learn a lot about it and to actually pursue it as a profession. Um, and so in the early 2000s, I attended an Eastern European Folklife Center camp, which is this organization that does these music camps. And it totally changed my life, you know, and I, I ended up um, learning how to sing choral music. Like I didn't grow up singing choral music, but it became a part of my professional career. And so those two, you know, songwriting and folk music, and it turns out that I love folk music from all over, all over the world, not just Eastern Europe. I just, I, there's something about the um, expression of the human experience that I think is really powerful and important and also the traditions of something that is like a through line in the culture can really can be so centering and um and so um how do i even say it like it's like a really good exposure to what it is to be a human within that culture you know mm -hmm. and and i think it's so important as as a human race to understand each other in whatever way we can and i think folk music is a really valuable tool for that that's really lovely. And a lot of people, um, well, or I should say probably not many people in the U.S. anyway, can say, oh, yes, I'm well-versed and have trained and gone to a camp and have, you know, sung Eastern European folk music or anything similar, just because it's so easy, I guess, to get really ingrained in what's around and in your own culture. So, you know, it's very cool that you have that larger view and that larger perspective. But yeah. you know what's interesting that I, I actually find it really cool that folk musics from different places are like related. Like there's their vocal qualities, maybe not harmonically or rhythmically, mm -hmm. but there's something about the way a folk song is is shared. Um, it's like you're telling a story, you know, and I think that is so cool that you can see that across folk music from the Americas or from, you know, Eastern Europe or whatever. And I'm also starting to see that like the sort of singer songwriter world is folk music. It's telling mm -hmm. the story of the culture as the culture is developing. And it's so fascinating to see how um, because of the entertainment industry being so involved in our lives, we like you go to a show and you'll see 70,000 people singing the same song together. And in my 
definition of folk music like that fits that and it could be a metallica song it could be like right. oh, damn, you know but like there's something about that like the bone feeling of you know the music everybody knows it and it's like part of our us like i, I just i i don't see how that's not folk music um i guess folk music as a genre you know sits in this other place of acoustic or whatever but i think the music of the folk i think it's, it's kind of expanding you know right yeah sort of along the same lines then how would you describe your own music so that's a great another great question well so i write my own songs um and i would say i speak my truth and i'm influenced by 90s rock and um, some pop and, you know, the folk music that I've sung from particularly like Southern Eastern Europe. Um, there's some vocal qualities and, and sort of ornamentation that comes out in my music. It's kind of subtle. Like I don't, I don't see it as a fusion music, but I definitely see my vocal technique is definitely influenced by the musics that I've sung. Um, but yeah, I like to like be gritty and, uh, and pretty and honest. And I really write music, first of all, to like experience myself, heal myself, move through difficult things in life, but then also to inspire other people to write their own songs or to do the creative art, whatever that is. Like if it's painting a picture or writing a poem or commuting with nature, I wanna um, show people and experience it myself that creating things can be really grounding and healing um and it can be rock and roll music and it can be you know like enya or it can be you know like it can be any any texture but the truth the truth coming through it i think is really what what i center my music around what projects are you working on currently Currently, uh, I'm working on a new album that's called Heartbreak Residue. And in fact, I'm just about to finalize the masters. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. And it's a, an 11 song collection that are inspired by heartbreak and uh, how heartbreak can sit in our lives in different ways and um, can be heard and felt and uh, experienced in different textures. Um, I'm also working on a new album with my trio. I have a trio that's called True Life Trio, and we're working on a new album that's called At My Window. And uh, it's a collection of music that we've sung for many years. We haven't actually released an album that represents what we do in our live performances, and so we really wanted to focus on getting that down. So it's folk music from Eastern Europe, some Cajun music, um, some original stuff, and it's the three voices, and we also play, I play guitar, Julie plays accordion, and Leslie plays fiddle, and we're going to have a couple guest instrumentalists on that, and will be released also in uh, probably spring of 2023, if we can get it all together. Um, the other project I'm doing is with a group called Kitka, it's a women's vocal ensemble, and we're putting together a theater project with a uh, Slovenian choral conductor and composer named Carmina Šilets, and uh, it's a it's a story called Baba, and it's about uh, the Bernesha, which are sworn virgins uh, in Eastern Europe. And basically, what a sworn virgin is is a woman for 
a number of different reasons. It could be for social status, it could be because the patriarch of the family has either died or left the home for whatever reason. It could be that a family didn't have any male children. The Usually a young woman or maybe sometimes a middle sort of younger woman will take on the role of a man and like really really take on the role of the man. Like it's it's like they're it's they just switch they wear men's clothes they you know just their voice gets lower like all the all this stuff um and so we're telling stories around that um exactly the story that we're telling is being unfolded right now like we're in the process of developing the piece um but basically we're looking at you know what what is it to be a woman what is it to be a man what is it to you know have these identities what is it to consent to these things like how what freedoms get lost in these stories so it's kind of a big piece and it's a duty um topic and a really interesting time to be talking about it um so those are the three main projects <laughs> that's quite a lot actually yeah <laughs> and the theater piece you were talking about when do you expect that to come together the premiere is february of 2023 in san francisco so you've talked a few times now about songwriting and how that that is always the thing that seems to really call to you i guess would be the songwriting so can you talk about what do you have a songwriting process and if you do can you explain what your process is like Sure. I would say that it changes depending on where I'm at in my life. Um, but usually I start with the music, like I start with the rhythm or the chords or something like I play guitar and um, I will play something that feels good for me to play. And then usually there's sort of an improvisatory um, 20 minutes of just sort of singing, seeing what comes out. If something feels like, oh, that's a good thing to grab onto, I'll grab onto it and start to write around that. Um, I've also uh, been doing a few different, a few other styles of writing. For instance, with the album Heartbreak Residue, um, I had written a song called Heartbreak Residue originally that was very wordy. It was, there was, there was a lot going on. It wasn't, it wasn't really catchy necessarily. And I knew that I wanted to name the album Heartbreak Residue because I really love that um, image. I love that concept. And I also realized that the song I had written wasn't really like fitting to a title track. And so I actually co-wrote with one of my students who's 15 years old. I was like, wow, you're amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so we wrote a new song for it, um, exploring the concept based on the title. And there's another song called Even Keeled Heart, which is also one that I wrote from the title. Like I came up with the, the title first and then the chorus, and then I started writing the verses. So it changes. And um, the other thing I love to do is in February, and it also happens I think in August, there's an album writing month challenge that um, it's this online community called FAWM, F-A-W-M dot org. And in the month of February, the challenge is to write 14 songs in 28 days. And then you post, you know, as you're writing these things, you post them online and people will give you feedback. And it's just, it's a really beautiful community that it's like a, an accountability container that I think is really helpful. Because sometimes with songwriting, it, it can be hard to be really uh, diligent about doing it all the time. 
because you know you're not feeling inspired or like whatever like what do i write about or i'm dry blah 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 um but fom is a really cool way to find uh different kinds of inspiration and throughout the month they'll post prompts like write a song about a article of clothing or whatever you know and so all of a sudden hundreds of people are writing songs about a, a sweater or something you know <laughs> and um so yeah it's so those, there, there's those kinds of things as well that I think are really helpful, like finding exercises and finding communities that support the songwriting practice. Um, that, that's been really, really, really life-changing for me. Okay, Bridget, I know that you've recently spent quite a bit of time in Ireland. And are there any musical experiences or any other experiences that, that you want to talk about from your time there? Yeah, sure. So... Um, Part of the reason I went to Ireland, just as a framework for this, is that it was my 40th birthday and I'm 100% Irish and I had never been there. And for somebody who like sings music from all over the world, I have little to no experience with Irish music. I just It just hasn't really uh, taken a seat in my life yet. And so I, but I knew I had to go and I knew I had to be there and experience it and see the land and see the people. And, and luckily I experienced some of what I thought I might, which was a real integration with my identity. And especially when I was in Galway City, which is on the western side of Ireland, um, there's so much music. Like, it is everywhere, and it's so beautiful there. And, you know, there's buskers all over the place, and then in every pub there are musicians playing, pretty much every pub there's musicians playing, you know, day and night. And one of the experiences that I had that was really special was I went into a, a pub and there was this duo playing and there was a fiddle player and a guitar player and afterwards I started chatting with the fiddle player and it turns out he's from Seattle and he had been in Galway City for 20 years he like went there to study Irish music and stayed basically like mm. married somebody and stayed and um and he told me about what's an Irish music session a traditional music session that I could attend and participate in basically um and what a session is, is in the pubs, in the corner, you'll see a group of musicians just playing tunes. And it's not professional, it's not, it's very casual, but it's really solid, like it is good music. Um, and this first session I went to was absolutely, it was so beautiful, like they welcomed me in with just open arms. I had my guitar with me and um, they invited me to sing. So I sang a song called The Wind and the Rain, which is just a beautiful, beautiful folk song that has mm, Irish, maybe Scottish, maybe English <laughs> roots. It's got a few different roots. Um, and then uh, we, they kept playing the, tr the traditional Irish music and then they invited me to sing again and I sang an original song and nice. they, they loved that. And then. Uh, the guitar player and I got to talking about folk music from Eastern Europe and it turns out he had traveled in Macedonia and he knew this song called Jovano Jovanke and so we ended up doing that song together and then at the end they were like can you sing one more song and I sang this Bulgarian this like kind of highly ornamented Bulgarian song and it was just like it was I think the thing that I took away from it was how deeply seen I felt like how it was the first time where I could do this breadth of stuff that I do and not have somebody go why don't you just choose one I spend a lot of time being concerned 
that like my songwriter self and my folk music from Eastern Europe self can't never the twine shall meet right like that's mm -hmm. that's been my that's been a big struggle for me over the years and in Ireland and in this moment I felt like I had arrived at a single me and it was all valid and it was all fine and it was all seen and when I was in Galway City I just I don't know I just felt so integrated into myself and I've really needed that you know it's a deep healing and there's so many other stories I could tell but that one in particular just felt it felt like yeah it just felt like the medicine I needed so that was really nice <laughs> yeah I mean that's very very special um that you got to experience that yeah totally so if you could attend any concert past or present what concert would that be oh yeah that's a good question um the show that i missed and i regret it every day not every day but every time i think about it i regret it which was prince at the fox theater in oakland um about a year before he died uh, or maybe even less than that and i think i actually had a way to go but i had a show or a rehearsal or like something that stood in the way and uh, yeah i would definitely go to that one <laughs> yes and that is a terrible shame actually i never got to see him either and would love to yeah so if you had a personal soundtrack for bridget what songs would be on it that's a really good question and thank you for it. And you know what? It's shifted recently because I found um, when I was traveling in Ireland, my sister was with me and my mom for the first little chunk. And I, I was driving and, you know, I was on the left hand side of the car, right. <laughs> the car driving with my left hand. It was crazy. I did a really good job, but um, my sister was in charge of the music and she was searching for Irish music that we could all love together. And um, we found a band that's called Ye Vagabonds. And um, it's just a duo and they're so beautiful. And uh, there's a song called Blue is the Eye and um, that would be number one. And then um, my current favorite artist is named Madison Cunningham. And I find her songwriting to be just stellar and really interesting. And she's, you know, she's 26 years old, but she's got this wisdom that is just really beyond words. And then I definitely have some, um, brass music from northern greece uh, and southern macedonia it's like my favorite area of the brass traditions i was in a balkan brass band for many years so i have to include them there i would probably also include some bulgarian choral music and some southern albanian choral music that stuff is the best it's just so like juicy and wonderful and some music from the hippodot region of greece <laughs> So diverse, weird playlist. But no, it's great. <laughs> diverse, weird is good. Uh, let's see. Just going back to your own music, where can people find your music? Where should they look for you? What should they look for? Sure. So I have a website, which is BridgetBoyle.com. And my first name, Bridget, is spelled without a D. So it's B-R-I-G-E-T, Boyle, B-O-Y-L-E.com. And there I have links to Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, like all the, you know, YouTube, blah, blah, blah. Um, I do have some music videos on YouTube that would be really fun for you to check out. My favorite one is called Salty Tears. It's, it was a really, really exciting uh, creative adventure. Also, truelifetrio.com. Um, if you want to check out our music, we also are on Spotify and Apple Music and those things. We have an album that came out about five years ago that's a really 
interesting sonic journey. So it's about an hour long and I recommend sitting down and listening to it all the way through because um, it was a theater piece that we did called Like Never and Like Always. And um, it's a life cycle, but we start at death and we go towards birth and it, we're sort of exploring memory. And we were inspired by the, there was this film about Alzheimer's patients being helped by music. It's a really well done film. And for me, what it touched on was the, you know, the power of music and that it does go beyond, you know, it's like this other level of connection. And so anyways, we, we made a piece about that. And uh, that's also on our website, truelifetrio.com. Well, I do wish you best of luck with all of your projects, with the two new albums you have coming out, with the theater piece, everything you have going on. I hope everything goes very well and comes out right on time. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to follow or subscribe in your favorite podcast app to stay up to date on episode releases. And if you have a friend that you think might enjoy this show, please share it with them. You can find links to episode resources in the show notes. Thank you again for joining me for Transcendent Tracks. I'll see you next time.